You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome to Empower Me with Aerie broadcast. I am Erica Holmes, better known as Queen Aerie. Listen, there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. Like the Bible says, we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I say once you know your identity, you then know your authority. Today, we are going to have an amazing show. I am super excited that you all decided to join us. We have a very, very special guest in the building today, Dr. Larry Johnson Jr. And we're going to be talking about mind over matter. It's so important because the situations that we face in life can be draining and attempt to shift our paradigms or our belief systems. We have to make sure that our belief systems are sound, ensuring that they are rooted and grounded by the word of God and God's principle. With that said, when a person faces trying times or traumatic situations, they have to make sure that they are renewing their mind and that their mind is over the matter. I feel that even though you may be going through unfortunate and, and um in you know unfortunate situations and times know that those times shall pass and all things are going to work together for your good your mind is stronger than you think you can see beyond what you are going through to experience a greater victory so again we're going to be talking about overcoming and the importance of renewing your mind Dr. Larry Johnson, again, welcome to the show. I am super excited that you are here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can you please introduce yourself more in depth? Tell us where you're from. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aerie. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here uh, with you. I am from Belglade, Florida. Uh, Belglade is located in Palm Beach County. Okay. Uh, it's about maybe 45 minutes from Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. Very, very small town of about maybe 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little later about how that really was the foundation to who I am now. Mm -hmm. uh, but grew up in South Florida after the, my mom passed away, mm -hmm. you know, had siblings uh, who were set nine years old and eight years old. And it was really my responsibility to really care about them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Yeah. But South Florida, you know, I'm a South Florida boy. You know, <laughs> I, I love this, the sun. This is a different type of heat. <laughs> Right, uh, you know, it's heat without humidity. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. certainly, you know, a Floridian, love uh, my people there, but certainly enjoying the journey here in Arizona. Yes, I, <laughs> I absolutely love that. I know about the South as well with my family from Mississippi. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. So let's get into this. So I want to ask you, what was one of the most pivotal things that happened to you that affected your thoughts or your uh, belief system? And how did you overcome that? You know, that is a great question. I would say it was I was at 12 years old. Mm -hmm. um, 12 years old, I remember coming home from school one day, and no one was there. Typically, my mother would be home waiting for my brother and sister and I, or she would bring my sister um, home uh, with her. And I noticed that that was, wasn't happening, and that began mm -hmm. to be dark. So immediately I was worried I didn't know what was taking place you know this was back in 1993 so wow. cell phones and all of those modern <laughs> technologies you know, I couldn't pick up the cell phone and text my mom and say hey where are you at you know wow. and within hours the nurses came and my mom worked um, at a nursing well not a nursing home but she worked more of a facility where she helped persons like a clinic it was okay. a, a local health clinic mm -hmm. and her her colleagues 
came and they knocked on the door with my great-grandmother and they said, you know, we need you to come with us. Wow. And she was speaking to my um, siblings and I, your mom was in a tragic accident. Oh, my and that to me was one, my heart dropped. Mm. And at that moment, I, I almost felt like I knew something tragic, tragic had happened. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was, that was going to be really the transformation that would take place in my life. So my mom lived for about maybe five days wow. on the ventilator. Uh, she and her boss were in the car, and a tractor and trailer hit them and drove them about a couple of hundred feet. Mm -hmm. But when I saw my mom in the hospital, mm -hmm. she had sustained no bruises, no, no blemish. Wow. But when I looked across the hall mm -hmm. at her colleague, you know, they were doing major surgery. They had shaved her hair off to go in and release the pressure from her brain. Mm -hmm. But my mom laid there just peacefully. And at that time, I realized that spiritually the, the mantle was passing. The mantle passed from my mother to me. Mm -hmm. And that same resilience and that Ooh. same grit, my I goodness. then began to embody that. And that was one of the moments I saw it as trauma, you know, emotionally, because your mom is gone. I'm mm -hmm. 12 years old. 12 That's the age old. when you're just getting to know mm -hmm. your, your parent. And my sister, I, I misspoke earlier, my sister was actually nine years old, because we're all three years apart, okay. nine years old, and my brother was six. So you have young, young people just yeah. getting the chance yeah. to, you know, really know who their parents are, know that they love you, know how hard they work to right. provide for you, right. and all of a sudden she was taken. Mm. And I couldn't understand at the time what was taking place as a young person. Mm. But then many, many years later, I understood that even in that process My of losing, goodness. I gained. Woo, that is so powerful. Mm. Oh, yeah. my goodness. When we talk about all things work together yes. for the good, yes. listen, yes. just listening to you, I'm telling you, I, I, I feel your energy mm -hmm. just listening to you. I feel that God really, really moved on your behalf, and he was even working through you at 12 yes. years old. Mm -hmm. And that's that's such a critical age because, of course, at 12 years old, you know, um, you begin to make decisions. Right. You know, you begin to hit that maturity, you know, level, and you're uh, about to be a teenager right. and stuff like that. And so it is a critical time where we want our parents there. Right. But for you to be able to understand that even though she was laying in the bed, yeah. and it, but she was passing over that you still could move uh, on. Yes. That is so yes. powerful. What caused you to have that type of belief system? Wow. You know, it, it had to be my faith. Mm. Uh, my mom, she was an evangelist okay. uh, before she passed away. Very, very, you know, faithful to the church. And she reared me in the church. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, she told me that you were supposed to be dead, but someone oh. laid hands on my stomach and said, he shall live and not die. Goodness. And when I thought about that, even in biblical times, mm -hmm. when that type of process takes place, that means that the child is called to do great work. Yes. So yes. my faith was so strong. I saw my mom praise. I saw her worship. Mm -hmm. I was a musician in the church at 12 years old. I, I ministered oh. upon the drums. You know, while my mom led, you know, praise and worship. So I always knew that God, who he was in my mm -hmm. life, and I always knew he could. I knew that if he wanted to raise my mother up off of that bed of affliction, mm -hmm. he could. Ooh. But there had to be a greater testimony my that goodness. came out of that. So my faith, my mm -hmm. faith was so strong during that time. And I remember praying, God, just raise her up. 
raise her up mm-hmm. off of her bed of affliction, but it didn't happen. My and I, but I didn't curse God. But you didn't I didn't curse God. him because Ooh. I still believe that there was a portion of faith mm-hmm. that he's imparted in me that I knew everything was going to be all right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me when you said you did not curse God, yes. it reminded me of the story of Job and yes. how Job had went through hell. He, a lot yes. of things were taken yes. away. His family, you know, he was put to the levels of stress that many human beings wouldn't be able to handle, but yet and still, he would not curse God. It is because God had been so good to him, and I want to speak to somebody out there. God has been so good to you, and I want to encourage you to keep going. Do not give up. Dr. Johnson right here is a living testimony that you too can come out of trying and dying places. God definitely has purpose for your life. That is absolutely powerful. That is absolutely powerful. And so you say your faith is what kept you going through the process. What and so you're the young, you're the oldest. So I'm the oldest. So mm-hmm. you're, you're the oldest. Mm-hmm. What kind of example did you find it challenging being the oldest and having to set an example uh, at such a young age? How mm-hmm. did you maintain? How did you, uh, you know, continue within that? Right, that? That is a great, great question. So my brother and sister, I knew they looked, they were looking up to me. Mm-hmm. So while we had the step, uh, my dad and my stepmom in the in the house, because they are the ones who. Uh, became our parents after my mom passed away. So we relocated from Florida with my mom because she left a domestic um, violence household. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that, that's also, wow. you know, something mm-hmm. I, and I saw that. I saw my mom being beaten by my dad, which is why she retreated to Georgia. So all done from Florida for mm-hmm. about, I would say, six years of my life. I lived in Florida and then we moved to Georgia so my mom, my sister and I, and brother and I could really start a new life. But when she passed away, we then came back mm-hmm. to Florida. So while the parent parental structure was there, yeah. there was an emotional piece that I knew my brother and I knew my sister needed. So my goal was to make sure I provided that example. I was there for them mm-hmm. and as much as I could as a 12-year-old. Yeah. But it was just really providing that support. I remember doing my sister's hair. I knew wow. nothing about doing a female's hair, yeah. but I felt that it was my responsibility as her big brother, Good but also man. like her surrogate parent, you know, to take Good care man. of her. I cooked for my brother and sister. So I remember all of those memories of even when my mom was, you know, alive, I was the older person in the house. And everyone would say, well, you so, you're so much older than what you are. It's because I was really thrust into that role as a young man mm-hmm. of learning how to take care of my siblings. Mm-hmm. So they really became for me like the, the impetus to, I have to do, I have to show them an example. I have That's to go good. to college mm-hmm. because they were following me, you know? Okay. And each one of them followed me. So I attended Florida A&M University for undergrad. My brother and sister have both, are both graduates of Florida A&M. Wow. So that allows me to really see that what God had placed in me I didn't realize I had the grit. I didn't realize I had the resilience. But when that mantle crossed over and to pass over to me my from goodness. my mother, I was being equipped, mm. being equipped to really do the work. And I said, well, okay, this, when I look back on it, it was ministry because she was an evangelist. You know, she was really focused on really the church and how to really engage with, you know, persons in the community to teach them about Christ. And what I didn't realize is that I was watching her model. So I was beginning to impart those same type of principles around servant leadership and Mm -hmm. empathy into my brother and sister who looked up to me. And so they kept me going. They really kept me going during those, I would say, vulnerable times as a young person trying to really navigate life. Mm -hmm. But you have a brother and sister that you're concerned about because you're not, not sure what that structure looks like. 
that we're in. You know, right. we, we just didn't know what would take place. Yeah. But being in a place where I knew God and I, I was prayerful and had experiences knowing that God was real, mm. I knew that we would be all right. That is absolutely yeah. powerful. And in listening to you, I wanted I want to ask you more so about your thought pattern. Uh. What were some practical things that you did to keep the right mindset? What did you do to mm. maintain mind renewal being so young? That's a, a great question. I, I will honestly say that initially, you know, my mind was everywhere. You know, I was the oldest. I was my mom's heart. So to really stay focused was difficult for me. You know, and then I dealt with some issues with trauma, you know, from, you know, from molestation. So it was hard for me to focus on mom has passed away. Weeks after mom passed away, I am molested by a family member, her brother, I have siblings there. I got to protect them. So I said it had to be nothing but the power of the Holy Ghost that kept my mind. And I always pray for God, keep my mind. My and I goodness. still pray that to this day, keep my yes. mind, regulate my thoughts. Yes. Yeah, and I always pray in, in the spirit in terms of the context of let this mind be in you yes. that was also in Christ. And I always pray that prayer. And I believe in doing so God heard my prayer because yes. I still constantly today, whenever I pray every morning, I'm like, God, just keep my mind, keep my mind. Because the mind, as we know, is the devil's workplace. And everything that I experienced from losing my mother, Mm. abandonment, you know, molestation, all of those are things that could have triggered substance abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and suicide. But I believe that it was that prayer that I prayed to God, keep my mind. So it was really staying in church. I stayed in church. I was very faithful to church. Even when I moved for, back to Florida, mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles would take me to church all the time because I love going. Yeah. And I know that that is what kept me. My it was goodness. the church. Goodness. It was truly the church and the foundation that had already been laid that kept me focused. It kept me driven. And it really kept me really focused on your mom planted a seed in you yes. and you have a responsibility. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Literally, it gives a whole new interpretation yeah. or feel to God saying, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Absolutely. You know, it, it really brings light and life to that because even though she passed away, you knew you had an assignment. Right. You knew you had a mantle and God was already speaking that through you and to you. So it was easy for you to take that on because you had seen, you know, you were in the church, raised up in the church. She was an evangelist. So you were able to see God move and you had a relationship built with him at such a young age. That is absolutely powerful. And I so understand what you're saying about when you go through t- trauma, when you go through uh, molestations with myself, uh, have dealing with, uh, have dealt with sexual abuse when I was younger as well. It went like, uh, even though you're sexually abused, some may say uh, physically a person would be affected so much, but it hits the mind. Yeah. It hits the mind. Absolutely. And the process of learning how to overcome mind battles is something else. It is It is such a, it could be a strenuous uh, process, but it's something that we have to do in order for God to be able to use us the way that he wants us to. And myself, I actually had to attend therapy. Did you find oh. therapy? Okay. But you know, here's the thing about it. Therapy did not happen until I was in my early 30s. Wow, okay. So from 12 to 29, mm. I really just was on my own, praying and seeking God and staying in church. Mm. But it was not until I realized that I really needed that, that help outside mm. of the church. Oftentimes, so and I good. find that when we are going through situations, the church 
of antiquity. And when I say antiquity, I will say in growing up with yeah. me, pray. God is going to deliver. He's going to set you free. But I believe God has placed people in the Come earth who can on. help speak, us. Speak and it was it. not until I began to go to a professional therapist that the, the weight mm. began to lift. And I remember the therapist told me, she said, speak to your younger self. Hug your younger self and tell your younger self you're going to be all right. And when I began to do that and I began to tear up, <laughs> it began, I became released from what I believe was the curse that mm. was trying to keep my mind. Because there were times when I thought about, okay, what if I die? Mm. Who would care? Mm -hmm. And I know that that was nothing but the trick of the enemy. But it was that therapy that really helped me. And through a series of sessions, I feel that I was healed from much of the, I would say, the stuff that I was struggling and battling with. Abandonment. Who loves me? You know, I'm ugly. You're unattractive. Mm. And, and then when people begin to say, well, you're a handsome guy. And then I would really gravitate to them because they were showing me attention. Yes. Because no one had ever shown me attention. My mom had passed. Yes. No one ever said, you're a handsome young man. Maybe wow. they did and I didn't internalize it as yeah. such. So going through that professional setting of talking to a licensed therapist really helped me to put things into perspective in terms of platonic relationships, so romantic good. relationships, most importantly, relationships with my family. Mm. It took years for me to hug my brother and sister, wow. to show them love and affection because I felt so violent. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that is such a powerful point. And, and I am so pro-therapy. And our stories are uh, very similar. And um, I actually did not get the help that I needed for over 20 years. Mm. My abuse happened at about four or five years old, it started, and I was afraid. And, and of course, even that young, your, your mind, thoughts are going through and you're confused and you're saying, who can I trust, what happened? And so at that point, I just shut down and I hit it. Mm -hmm. And so, but it took 20 years uh, later and God said, listen, I have use of you. Yeah. I need to use you. And he actually told me that it was okay to go to a therapist. Mm. And I believe that we have to be okay with getting help. Getting help does not mean that you're weak. It actually is actually a sign of strength because you know something's wrong and you know that you can get better. And so uh, therapy is, is such a good tool that you can use. And I, too, myself, I went to a Christian therapist. I had actually gone to three different um, therapists, but the Christian therapist is the one that worked. Uh. And so... I want to point something out. You said something so powerful. You said when you were with the therapist, the therapist was pretty much having you um, heal from that little boy on the mm -hmm. inside. And, it, and it's, it's so interesting because the enemy's plan is to attack at such a young age so that your perspective, your belief system, your paradigm is all messed up and you never fully be who God created you to be. And we know that um, from a psychological standpoint, um, we understand that majority of a, a person's belief system or their paradigm, a majority of it is, is uh, developed at about six or seven years old from what they see, from what they experience with their parents. And so let, allowing the therapist mm -hmm. to allow you to heal from that, from pretty much the little boy to an adult, allowed you to grow and go to this person who you are today. And my therapist as well did something similar. I had to write oh. a letter to the little girl because oh. he understood what happens yes. with our belief systems at that age. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all need to allow that little girl, a little boy, to heal from the inside out so that we truly can walk into the place where God has for our lives. And so it's so, so, so powerful how 
God literally used what the enemy meant for bad. He turned it around yes. for your yes. good. And you are literally a living testimony <laughs> yeah. of that. And so even with your um, current, you know, position, yeah. even being able to ha have a mantle, that's a mantle to mm -hmm. be able to carry the weight and um, have so many hundreds and you know hundreds or thousands of students that you are pretty much mentoring or being a great example for and um, all of what you've been through pretty much prepared you uh, for where you are today what what do you what do you think about that how specifically would you say that what you've been through has prepared you for what you are doing today because you I commend you you are <laughs> at a you. high Status you. level, you are a president <laughs> of you. a college. That's wow. amazing that you, you were able to, to do that. You know, Eric, I'm, I'm yet humbled. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm yet humbled because I, I wrote it down, and I, I'll tell you what happened at the age mm. of, I would say, 15 or 16. I tarried for the Holy Ghost because I heard about this wow. thing called the Holy Ghost mm. and the evidence of tongues <laughs> and the Acts 2 and wow. the day of Pentecost. Yeah. And I was really getting into that. I said, okay, I want to tarry. For the Holy Ghost. And I remember tearing with my late uncle for the Holy Ghost for mm. hours and hours. Mm. Nothing happened. Wow. Like, well, what is this thing called the Holy Ghost? I thought that if you ask, he'll give it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. A good measure pressed down, shaking together, running <laughs> over, right? So it was one night when God arrested me in the middle of the night and woke me up. And I had an outer body experience. And I saw myself and my body began to kind of move and jolt, and I heard the mm. tongues of fire come. My goodness. Many years after that, mm -hmm. God spoke to me in this small voice, and I was in the shower. He said, do ye tarry, wait for it. It will surely come mm. right the vision. It was from that day. I was maybe 16 or 17. I began to write out what I desired that God would do for my life. And one of the things I wrote out is that I want to make sure that I am an influence. I want to be a mentor. Oh, yes. I want to be in a role where I can truly transform the lives of many people. Yes, and so everything that I have written down, God has brought it to pass. And I've, I've always told my, my mentees, write it down. Mm. You may not know mm. the power of the written word, but write it down so that you can put it in the atmosphere. So for me to sit here now, you know, <laughs> at not even 40 years old to be in a position that 50-year-old <laughs> persons are, are applying to, I count it all joy. Mm. He accelerated the years. When God says Ooh. that he is the one that grants oh, promotion and on. promotion doesn't come from man, right. I remember interviewing for so many key positions to be told, you're too young. Goodness. You lack the knowledge. Mm. You lack the insight. But God began to say to me, and he told me this when I was graduating from college at mm -hmm. 23, a man of God spoke to me and said, son, I see you packing, moving, packing, moving, packing, and moving again. I did not understand that right, right. at 23. Mm -hmm. But now at 39, God has taken me from Florida to Georgia oh to Florida to St. Louis, wow. and now I am in Arizona. Goodness. So what he was telling me is that my journey mm. and my level of uh, competency that I would develop in order to be prepared for this role, I could not get it where I was in stagnation. My so I had to go away. Because what, a, a prophet in his own home has right. no honor. Yeah. But I had to go away and gain the knowledge mm. and then come back to those settings. So in order to amass the skill set that I needed to prove that I was worthy of a position. So I just counted all joy. 
I counted all joy that I am able to sit here because I know it's nothing that I've done. I always say, God, there's nothing I've done so great, mm. but I'm a yielded vessel. Come on. Use me for your purpose. Yes. And that is what I desire to do. Every day I wake up, God, just use me. My You've goodness. blessed me with this role of influence. <laughs> use me for your, your bidding. And that yes. is my mindset. This, yeah. listen, you just <laughs> preached a whole sermon. Oh, my goodness. I, I literally felt the anointing. As you begin to speak, and, and I feel that there are even people that are listening out there right now. I feel that there are millennials, there are younger people that are listening right now, and you have gone through so much in your life. And a lot didn't make sense up, but up until now when you've heard Dr. Johnson's testimony, things are is starting to make sense. You're starting to feel that your um your soul is being restored. You're starting to feel revived, that your dreams are coming back alive. I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. What you have to understand is that no matter what happens in your life, God still gets the glory. The enemy cannot stop the plans of God. This man of God that's sitting here today with us is evidence that God's plans will prevail. We just have to continue to trust God, stay on that path, his journey, and watch what he does for our lives. So I want to, um, you know, we're pretty much, you know, coming close to the close of the show, but I want to ask you two more things. I want you to tell us about your book. Tell us about your book and um, also tell us where we could get the book to support you. Mm -hmm. All right. So the book is entitled uh, Memoirs of a Young Black Scholar. this, and this book actually came out of talking with my therapist. Mm. And I wrote the book from a perspective of a series of sessions. And I call wow. it session one, two, yeah. three, and four, because each session there was a breaking and there was a breakthrough. Ooh, and she did powerful. exactly what your therapist said. Mm-hmm. It said, write a letter to your uncle, mm. forgiving him for what he did. Because he was, he was locked up at that time. Because I, although I presented the information to my family, they didn't believe me. But it was not until he did it to someone else's child that it was finally believed and he was put in prison. So I wrote a series of letters and each chapter in the book talks about that experience. Mm. It begins with me losing my mother and seeing her being, you know, put into the ground. And then when that, I would say that mental, I I believe, passed over me Mm -hmm. then that she was pressed down, right? I believe that I was awakening to the man of God that God will call me to be even now. So I talk Mm. about that in the book. I talk about the uh, the experiences with my uncle. Mm -hmm. I talk about how that impacted my ability to have relationships, to have friendships, because I didn't trust. Mm. I did not trust anyone with my secrets. I couldn't tell anyone that information. I felt like, you know, it was just an attack on my masculinity because you know Mm -hmm. how people are. Mm -hmm. So, but I believe God. And I talk about my faith. I talk about how God truly helped to get me through a difficult time in my life. And that's what this text talks about. My memoirs, my stories of how I cope with loss. Perfect. And so how can they get that? Absolutely. So the book is on Amazon.com. So anyway, www.amazon.com, you can find the text. Yes. Yes. You know what? Thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. You guys go out and support Dr. Larry Johnson Jr.'s his products. Go out and support him. Follow him on social media. 
He is a, a he's on social media. You can find him. Understand that literally, no matter what you go through, this too shall pass. God is faithful. Stay encouraged and remember to renew your mind. It is the gold mine. <laughs> Empower me with Aerie.